Okay, Shalom Ubracha, hard on the topic, Uman Rosh Hashanah. Many, many people are having obstacles, especially from their wives, of going this year because they send, they, 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 they say that there's war. There's like war happening, and therefore it's, it's, it's dangerous and it's forbidden and it's Sakana to go. The real truth is that it's not dangerous, and even if there's war, but the war is unheard of. It's not felt at all by anybody there. In other words, if you want to live a fact, people are there, are going to work every day. The life is continuing as it was a year ago in Uman. You don't feel anything. Sometimes there's a national alarm, but that's, that goes off automatically whenever there's even a, a missile shot on the other end of the, of the country. But that's just their law. It has nothing to do with, with the, the daily living there. So it's not felt... And again, it's, there's no people dying every day, Shalom. So there's no imminent danger. A Rav now, a breast of a Rav who's also a Dayan, he just wrote a Psak Halacha, that there is no imminent danger, there's no, there's no what's called qualified according to Halacha being a danger to travel and be in Uman for Shoshana. So by the danger part, there's no room. Now the thing is, uh, people ask rabbis and this and that what to do. The best thing to do is to see what Rabbi Nachman himself said as Rav Nosson wrote it in the book Tzadik. The book Tzadik here, you have Chaim Maharan in English, paragraph 406. It's a long paragraph. I'm not necessarily going to read, read, read everything, but parts of it that are pertaining to exactly what's happening today. And if you ask, because you have a weakness, should I go, should I not, and you ask, you are actually putting your foot in your mouth. You're putting yourself in a more difficult situation. Because there are certain things we don't ask. I mean, this is not a halakhic question. You ask any rabbi who he himself doesn't go to Omar Shoshana, there's 95, 98, 99% chance that he's going to say not to go. Because he himself doesn't go. So why are you asking someone like that? Ask somebody who does go or is open to it, but very open to it. You ask someone who doesn't go, of course you're going to get a negative answer. Where, where's, where's the brain in that and asking a rav? But I have to ask. You've got to ask the right person. There's certain questions that it's beyond their league to ask. It's not in their domain. Because this is an eitzah of a tzaddik. It's not a halachic question here necessarily. Okay? If you want halacha, it was asked once by even Rav Ovad Yosef, are we allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael to go to Chutzla Arts to Kivrit Tzadikim? That is a halakha question. And that, Rav Ovadia answered clearly that it is permissible for a Jew to leave the Holy Land to go to the diaspora to daven by graves of Tzadikim. And Rabbi Nachman's grave is no different than that. Okay? This is what Rav Nossin writes, paragraph 406 in the book Tzadik translation, the BRI translation of Chaim Oran. He writes like this, on the eve of the last Rosh Hashanah in Uman, this is the year 1810, we, Rav writes, we were standing around the Rebbe, Rabbi Nachman, to give him our tzetlich, which is slips of paper with names, tadavin for, etc., written on them, and redemption money, pidyon nefesh. Rabbi Nachman said that Erev Rosh Hashanah is a good time to do a pidyon. Today that Rabbi Nachman is not here, so the breast lovers go to elders of the breast of movement or people that they know have your chamaim. For example, the people who get up at midnight, people you know who are, who are the real deal, they go to them today to do the pidyon nefesh. The Rebbe asked about a certain man from Nemirov who had not come for Rosh Hashanah. Rabbi Naftali started giving excuses for him, but the Rebbe would not accept them and took strong exception to his absence. 
Afterwards, the Rebbe spoke about another person who had also not come for Shoshana owing to a variety of problems. Before Shoshana, the man in question had made a special journey to the Rebbe, to Rebbe Nachman in, Bres, in, Bres, in Uman, to, at the time he was living in Uman, to tell him about his difficulties. And the Rebbe himself had told him to go home. Rebbe Nachman himself told the person, don't come to be by me for Shoshana. You hear this? Rebbe Nachman himself told the person not to, go, not to come to him. The Rebbe himself had told him to go home, even though it meant not being with him for Rosh Hashanah. This man, who in the notes is mentioned, it's Rav Arun, the Rav of Breslev, a main disciple of Rabbi Nachman. This man was one of the Rebbe's leading followers, and it was very painful for him that he would not be with us for Rosh Hashanah. So the, this, this man, Rav Arun, started protesting to the Rebbe that he should not have to go home, but should stay for Rosh Hashanah. The Rebbe would not be swayed. You hear this? Rabbi Nachman himself would not be swayed, however, and sent the man home. <laughs> Rabbi Nachman sent him away. The same mouth that said everyone has to be by for Rosh Hashanah, he told this person to go home. As he did so, he said to him, I cannot even imagine the pain of your not being with me for Shoshana. On one hand you say, go home. And now you're saying, I can't, I, can't, I can't imagine how it's going to be without you. If so, the man said, I'll stay here. But the Rebbe would not agree and he went home. Afterwards, on air of Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe spoke to us about this and said that this man really deserves, deserves great pity. He did deserve great pity. He had genuinely wanted to be with us for Rosh Hashanah, but he had been prevented because of the various problems. Then the Rebbe cried out from the depths of his heart, the famous song that they sing now, What shall I tell you? There is nothing greater. In other words, than, to be, than being with him for Rosh Hashanah. That's how the song goes, but it's taken from these words here. He, he then said in a voice filled with emotion, you see here, what shall I tell you? There is nothing greater, okay? And he goes on to say something else, even if other tzaddikim do not say so, that they don't make such a big deal of being by them for Rosh Hashanah, so what? Come for Yom Kippur, come for the Chagim. Well, Rabbi Nachman said, this will just be another question. Rabbi Nachman designed the breast of movement that there are questions against it. Against it, there are questions on the conduct they do like this, they do like that. He designed it that there have to be there has to be questions. Look, another question. In other words, Rabbi Nachman explains, like we just said, even without this, even without the whole polemic of Uman Rosh Hashanah, we added Uman because that, that's what we learned it out today. Even without this, people already had all kinds of questions about things the Rebbe said. You know, doing it bodidut, going aloud, who, alone, who does this, and the, the, stu- the, the study uh, schedule that Rabbi Nachman gave, and all types of dancing and being happy. People, you know, <laughs> they say, where is this place in Judaism? So already people had already all kinds of questions about things the Rebbe said. His insistence that we should be with him for Shoshana would just be another question. But you see, Rav Nosen writes it as if to show that nonetheless, it shouldn't push you off, that there's questions. Because this is one of the big obstacles is what society deems right, proper, or improper, or wrong. And a person has to be so strong, as long as I know within the boundaries of halacha, which we are, 
We're not going against Salah by doing this. There's no halacha infringement at all to be in Uman Rosh Hashanah. To be by Rabbi Nachman Rosh Hashanah, there's no halachic infringement. It's a personal thing of your family. It's all emotion. And they try to put the emotion in the Torah. This is not the right thing to do. Am I going against halacha? No. So be quiet. Stay on the side. Don't try to brainwash me and confuse me that I'm going against halacha. I'm not. Don't try to add. People try, like doing that. They like with the distortion of the medame, the imagination, to say it's not proper, it's not right, it's against halacha. Take it easy. I know I'm within the parameters of halacha, so leave me alone. Don't try to cut into the world of halacha and convince me that I'm doing something wrong halachically, which is not the case. Okay? And Rav Nosin goes on to learn out what we learned from what he just said. And he says at the end of this paragraph, um, he said, we also learned... Okay, you see, we learned a few things from what he said. Let's skip to the last one. We also learned how determined we have to be to break the obstacles which stand in the way of any holy action. It's normal to have ob- obstacles. If it's now the expensive tickets, the long journey, the home is uptight because of it, because they watch the news, and the news, that's the, that's the power of media. Media has the power to overcome you. You know, like they always say, in the in the in the, the the guys who learn how to do commercials, their training is they know in the end they're gonna get you. You don't want to buy the Calvin Klein, Klein underwear, but they, they they design the commercial in such a way we're gonna get you. Even though you don't need the the Calvin Klein underwear, we're gonna get you because they know the tactics and techniques how to use the faculty of imagination and to take you in. That's how media works. If you just look back, look back when this whole thing happened in Ukraine. We're talking about Adar Rishon, right? I think it was February, March. The American media blew it up. I guess the whole world media. I was watching the American. They blew it up to such unbelievable proportions. Villages that you never even heard about in your life. They probably don't even care of. Oh, look at the people here and everything. We don't even care about what's happening there. Because many places are like that all year round throughout the world. All of a sudden, they show you this. They show you the, the, their news representative, the, 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 the news reporter in these little villages. And they're destroyed and the people walking. But it's happening. That scenario of situations of people all over the world is all year round. But the media did such a good job to get the world focused this year on Ukraine and Russia. And they overdid it, overproportioned, because that's the power of media. It was overproportioned to get people in, to get people concerned. On one hand, it died down, but the, the, the trauma when people hear, oh, we're going to the Ukraine, because of the impression left from the media back already in February, March, has left such a strong impression. But there's war there, but there's war there, but there's war there. And when you say, but there's war there, you see the pictures of these villages, which you don't even care about in eastern Ukraine, but they blew it up. They take a little village, a tiny village, you never even knew existed even. You never even knew about it. All of a sudden, it's blown up, blown up to big proportions, and it's in the subconscious. That's how the media works. That's the fear now generated, okay? There's obstacles. Look at these obstacles. And he's saying, Rav Nassim, there has to be obstacles. It's true, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, we didn't have such obstacles. There were different obstacles. And not as bad as this. There was the monetary obstacles and other family issues. But now with the obstacle of the, the word war, it makes so many things enhanced to the, the degree that even the most committed people to abreast of teachings of Rabbi Nachman, they're having a fight, a major fight. 
look what Rav Nassim is writing here again. She said, uh, again, we also learned how determined we have to be to break the obstacles which stand in the way of any holy action, especially the barriers against being of the Rebbe for Shoshana. These, more than any, Rav Nassim's wording, these obstacles, more than any, what, what, is, what does it mean more than any? Preventing to be by Rabbi Nachman for Shoshana must be broken completely. Rav Nossin's wording. Okay? One must be so determined about being with him, Rabbi Nachman for Shoshana, that even if the Rebbe himself, you hear this? You'd ask Rabbi Nachman today, if people say, you know, let's ask Rabbi Nachman. If Rabbi Nachman was alive today, should we travel? He, Rabbi Nachman himself would say, no. So what are you bringing me a proof from this rabbi said no, that rabbi said no? Even Rabbi Nachman, if he was here, would also say no. That's not a proof, because it's a trick. Watch, look, Rav Nossin, look how he explains why the answer is no, and has to be no. Look what he says, and why you don't have to listen. And it's best not to ask. Okay, he says like this. One must be so determined about being with him for Shoshana, that even if the Rebbe himself were to advise against coming for Shoshana, what could be more than that? Rebbe Nachman himself is telling me not to come, so of course I'm not, not going to go, Chesed Shalom. One would pay no intention, attention. Don't pay attention that no. It's, an, it's a famous Sichot Haran, in another book, Rebbe Nachman's Wisdom. Rebbe Nachman says, it's a very tiny paragraph. He says like this. Everything a true tzaddik tells you to do, you must do, except for one thing. If he tells you not to travel to be by him for Rosh Hashanah, that you don't have to listen. <laughs> he said explicitly in Sichot Aran, if a tzaddik tells you not to travel to be by Rosh Hashanah, you'd say, okay, the Rav, the Rav is telling me what to tell me. I have to, it's a psak, I have to listen. He says in this, you don't have to listen. Koshikan, if it's some other Rav, who anyways doesn't go, for sure you don't have to listen in that case. Because again, it's not a halachic question. Halacha, sakana, no sakana. Push it off. We just said in the beginning, this Rav Bitzalel Galinsky here in Yerushalayim put on an official psak. He's a dayan. A dayan. Okay, a breast of perspective. But he's a dayan in halacha. He's giving you the halachic impression and din. Psak. Sakana, there's no sakana. Forget about Sakana now. It's not termed halakhically to be Sakana. It's now the phobias and the media and this and that, yes. But halakha, you're okay. You're not going to be held responsible if chas of shalom, a one millionth of a chance, chas shalom of a danger happens, which is the case. It's one millionth of a chance. Because people are living in Uman like regular. People are traveling in and out of Uman every day. It's a normal city now. There's stores, there's, there's movement, there's no... What, what more do you need? If now every day people are being bombed and shelled and just killing, like it's happening in some places in Eretz Israel, that here it's more dangerous to go. If now you go to a city next to Gaza and Aza where there's bombing, it then would be halachic prohibition for you to travel to go to Gush Katif or something like that, because there's a halachic issue. There are people actually dying, and it's, it's now it's, the ratio now went down. So now you're it went up, it went down. Sorry. So there's more there's more of a chance. But here it's not happening at all. You hear, oh, missile fell, this. first of all, this fake news again. And it's so far, but they want to make you it sound that it's so close, so that you should not go. Yes, the Yetzirah will use the media, yes. No, but it's the truth. No, don't believe what you have the media has to say. We learned already the lesson from the corona, how it was over-exaggerated, right? So to go on, if the Rebbe himself were to advise against coming for Shoshana, one would pay no attention, period. In fact, Rav Nossin says, this is if you asked already. Even if you would have asked Rabbi Nachman, 
you don't have to listen to him. He said, pay no attention to what he said. If you would say no, you don't have to listen. That's Rabbi Nachman and Kol Sheken, somebody else. Rabbi Nachman is giving you a, an advice here. In fact, the best thing is not even to ask him because he would be sure to say not to come. Whereas in point of fact, one must be absolutely insistent about being there. And Rav Nosin, Rav Nosin adds in brackets, Rav Nosin wrote this. Rav Nosin, who understood Rabbi Nachman better than anybody else in the world, Rav Nosin, who Rabbi Nachman said himself, that no one knows me, understands me, except for Rav Nosin. And Rav Naftali Abyssal, a little. Okay, this Rav Nosin is writing this. What? This applies to future generations as well. Meaning, other rabbinical uh, figures, other prominent leaders, etc., you ask them about going to Oman Rosh Hashanah, they would say, no, you don't have to listen to them. And it's best not to ask. So the question is, so why do they say no? And here Rav Nosen now goes into explaining this idea and uses it from the parsha of, of Bilam. Okay, and also in Parshat Shlach. He's going to use Rashi. Look at the idea. A Rav has to answer the negative. I'll just brief it a little. When, when, a, when, a, when a Rav is, is presented with a question, he doesn't just answer black and white, yes or no. He also has to understand why the person is asking the question. The Rav, when he receives the question, it can't be just blank black and white. He has to see why the person is asking. So he asks other details to the question. It's not like quick, okay, yes, no, yes, no, it's not like that. A Rav asks, was it like this, was it like that? So he gets the perspective of the person asking. In other words, he's able to squeeze out of the person more details that the person is not telling the Rav. The Rav now figures it out on his own and he understands why the person is asking and he sees if it's difficult for the person, which is why the person is asking this question, the Rav has to find a leniency. It is a way in halacha. When someone asks a question, you have to go in their head, you have to go in their shoes, and he has to make it as easy as possible. If he can't make it easier, then Rav says, no, it's forbidden, I can't, I can't, I can't allow this. It's, it's, I can't find an opening to allow it, to allow the leniency for it, okay? This has to be that way. The Rav, has, he looks behind the scenes of the question. That's why you can't just answer any halacha question on your own. Yeah, so when it's when it's misubach, when it's complicated, and there's more factors. Then you have to go to a rav, and he he weighs all the details, and it's no longer a black and white yes or no question. It's out of all these details in hand, and, and that is based on his giving. So to here, when someone's asking, should I go to Uman? For example, should I go to Rabbi Nachman? It's hard, and he understands it's hard on the person. He's having problems at home, and this even Rabbi Nachman would say, so don't come. Because we have to always answer in the, in the, to make it easy for the person. To make it as easy as possible. So look what he's saying here. This concept of not asking relates to the dictum of the rabbis. This is Chazal. That, Watch what he says here. This translates as, this is a famous quote Rashi brings down in Parshat Balak. The path a person wants to travel is the path he is led in. You want to go on a certain path, you're led on that path in life. Like was the case with Bilam, who wanted to go and curse the Jewish people. But he asked permission. So Hashem allowed him. Why did he allow him? Because he knows that's what Bilam really wanted deep inside. Here, Rashi cites this, this saying of the sages. The path a person wants to travel is the path he's led in. In his interpretation, Rashi's interpretation of the verse, again in Parshat Balak, Dvarim, chapter 22, verse 35, where Bilam was told by Hashem, go 
with the men, right? Lech to go with the men, and on that on those words, that's what Rashi says. Because Bilam wanted to go with them anyways, so Hashem said, "Okay, this is what you want. We'll let you. We'll guide you on the way you want." We find the same concept of the episode. So what? What? One second. So what's he saying over here already? When a person is asking, "Should I go to Uman or not?" The reason why he's asking, based on what he's saying at this point right now, is because the person really does not want. Because if you really wanted, so why the H are you asking? <laughs> why are you asking? If you really know that this is what you have to do, you really know and you believe what Rabbi Nachman's Rosh Hashanah is, what it does to a person, you've learned it or you've experienced it or you believe in it, so why are you asking? Why are you asking? No obstacle should be as great as, as it is. If now it's really important in your eyes, so the obstacles are underneath it. When are the obstacles above it? When it's not fully there. When it's not fully there, and then I, I'm having now the iffy wishy-washy. Ah, you're having wishy-washy, so that means your ratzon is not fully there, and you're asking, so for sure the Rav now is going to say, don't go, because you yourself are not convinced. Because if you were convinced, you wouldn't ask. You already told us obstacles. You already know about it. You know how important it is. So why are you asking? Why is there room for you to ask and to bring it up? And even talking to friends. You know, should I go? This, that. What, what, why are you asking? It's so obvious to go after learning what it does to you. Just to illustrate how big Rabbi Nachman's Rosh Hashanah is, there's an oral tradition as follows. Rabbi Nachman, as you know, wrote a few books. Some of them, we, have, we don't have access, access to them at all anymore. There was one book called The Burnt Book and another book called The Hidden Book. Rabbi Nachman himself said, okay, of these three, this is also brought down in this book, Chaim Oran, he brings this down. Of the three books that we have from Rabbi Nachman, we're talking about the main books. The Aleph Bet book is considered a side book, even though it's, it's, it's a high, the highest of the high. But compared to the Kutirman, it's considered a side book. Rabbi Nachman's stories is a side book. The books of his conversations in Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, Sichot Aran, Aran, Chaim Oran, are the side books. The main work, what we say in, in, in Latin, the magnum opus of Rabbi Nachman is his Likutir Moran. This book is the lowest of these three. Above the Kutir Moran, Rabbi Nachman himself said this, was the burnt book. The, the concepts of it, Rav Nossin himself was the one who wrote it down and then it was eventually burnt. Rav Nossin himself said he had no grasp at all of what he was writing. Nothing. And he felt when he finished writing it that like he felt like the experience, that's how he expressed it, of those who came out of the Idra. When Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai revealed the deepest part of the Zohar, the Idra Rabbah, the Idra Zuta, and it was an unbelievable experience. That's why the Idra has made such a big deal of when those who learned Zohar. So Rav Nossin said about himself, I felt like I just, I just came out of the Idra when, when he finished writing it. And he, had, he grasped a certain ideas from it about a tree with golden leaves, about the greatness of preparing a bed for a guest. Okay? Besides that, Rav Nossin said to Rabbi, the Rebbe, I have no idea what I'm writing here. To which Rabbeinu, Rabbi, Rabbi Nachman said, Rav Nossin, you, you don't even know what it is you don't know. <laughs> okay? That's the burnt book. And that's above the Kutay Maran. And above the burnt book, we only know from the Rebbe's lips that he said he had a book called the Hidden Book. He said nobody in the world saw this book, the Hidden Book, and it will be revealed after Mashiach comes. Okay? And he said, so you have the lowest one is Likutei Moran. Above that is the burnt book. 
Above that is the hidden book. And then Rabbi Nachman himself said, but being by me for Rosh Hashanah is even greater than the hidden book. You got that? So you have the Kuti Moran and the Tikunim that it affects and activates in the world. The bird book, which we don't have right now, which was on a higher degree. The hidden book, which is on a higher degree. And what we do have access to, being by him, I'm having goosebumps telling this to you, being by him for Rosh Hashanah is greater even than the hidden book and Koshiken, the burnt book, and Koshiken, the Kutim Moran. When you hear this and you believe in these teachings, you more connect to Rabbi Nachman. He's proving to you that he's changing your life. He's proving to you that he's helping you. So in this matter, you're not going to go in. You're not going to accept it. Everything else that he's spoon-feeding to you, you're taking in. But this thing, uh, 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 the same person who's telling you this is also telling you this. And we get the message. And it's not as bad as, it, as you think it is. That's, that's also a, a point to remember. The Baldavar exaggerates the, the obstacles. And also Rosh Hashanah is not as bad as you think also. That's what I want to say. That you, anyone who's been to Rosh Hashanah, they can no longer do without it. They're zapped. Why they're zapped? Because the davening was just enhanced by 5 million the year Shemaim you had and the experience was enhanced by 5 million. You're just a normal guy going, everything's enhanced. Or it's or your laid back Rosh Hashanah services in Kentucky, okay, or New York, whatever, or being by Yom Rosh Hashanah, we have Jews from every walk of life. Probably in the Kotel even, you don't see this on Rosh Hashanah. It's crazy what happens in Uman. The, the diversity of the people, all connecting to Hashem through this same tzaddik is, is just overwhelming. The energy, and when you look at it and you think about it, what's happening, even if you go to Uman and you're in your own devotion, you're doing your davening and your avodat Hashem and everything, but being around such a wide variety of, of Jewish culture and people, it has, it has an effect. It has a positive influence on, on what you're doing. You see that this is a worldly thing. This is something not just for like some group of crazy people like going like hippie, brester, pseudo Hasidim and Jews who go to Eastern Europe. This is something on a worldly level now. It's not a joke. You can see it. And m millions of times more than what we see is actually happening, obviously. So why are you asking? Why? That's what he's saying here. If you are asking, it's because your Ratzon is not fully there. Let's, let's go on to Rav Nassim. Go with the men, right? On that Pasuk. That Hashem told Bilam, go with the men from Moab who came to take him to curse Am Yisrael. And Rav Nosen now jumps to Parshat Shlach, to the, to the spies, the Meraglim. We find the same concept in the episode of the sending of the spies. It's also the Gemara Sota, page 34b. That Moshe himself, when the Jewish people, you know, the, it says in the part of Parshat Shlach that the Jews suggested to send spies. And Moshe said, no problem. Hashem said, I said it's good, they should trust me. Okay? They don't trust me, they're going to pay for it afterwards. But, again, they want to say send spies, no problem. We are open. Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu telling the Jews, we're open. You're, you're scared. Like it's like Rashi brings the analogy, if someone wants to buy someone's mule, he says, can I test out the mule, the donkey, can I test him out? No problem. Can I take him on high cliffs and everything? No problem. Take him, test him as much as you want. When you hear that from a, when a, when a dealer, some, a, a salesman is telling the person who's buying, the potential buyer, that there's no fear, there's no 
protest to allowing you to check out the quality of the merchandise, the person say, if he's not open with me, I should already trust him. He's not scared to lend it to me, to test it out, to try it out. And he's open. He shows that uh, there's that nothing to hide. I should already be convinced. That's what Rashi's bringing down. This is the Rashi's quoting the Gemara and Sota. See, Moshe himself was compelled to send them the spies, even though he really had no desire to do so. Rashi says that there. Moshe did not want to send the spies. Why did he agree? Because the Jews are asking. He has to show the Jews there's no problem here. The land is a land flowing of milk and honey. There's no problem here. Okay, go with it. You guys don't trust me? I'll go with you. You should stop already. You should see if Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem are saying it's okay. You should stop. Okay, 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 we trust you. No, they didn't. They went all the way. They kept on going. They kept on going. So Moshe himself was compelled to send the spies, even though he really had no desire to do so. So Rav Nosen now, after these two quotes from Bilam about the Ratzon of a person, okay, and that, the, the attitude of a Rav, look what he says now. We experienced the same thing with the Rebbe on several occasions. And especially, Rav Nosen writes, in relation to Rosh Hashanah. There were people who faced severe obstacles against being with Rebbe Nachman for Rosh Hashanah. When they asked him personally, he answered that they should not come for Rosh Hashanah. Don't come. And if they protested, but wait, wait a second, you said to come. Wait, wait. And if they protested and mentioned his warnings about the importance of being with him for Rosh Hashanah, because they knew already that he put an emphasis on being by him for Rosh Hashanah. They knew about it. They weren't stupid. The Rebbe responded as if he were angry with them and would not listen to another word. That's it. I told you what to do. I don't want to talk about it again. They acted accordingly, Rav Nosen says, because the Rebbe said not to go, so we're not going to go, and did not come for Rosh Hashanah. But look what Rav Nosen writes. He said, the Tzaddik said no. So you think, the Tzaddik says no, it's no, come on, it's no. Look what he says. But those of us who had the privilege of being with him often, in other words, Rav Nosen was referring to people who were closer to the Rebbe, who knew to infer his real desire, the emet lamito, the emes or emes, the real truth, okay? Those of us who had the privilege of being with him often were able to infer, because the Rabbeinu could not say it explicitly, but they could infer the message. What? And indeed, we heard it quite explicitly as well. He's saying, and still, we were so often by him, so yes, it did pop out explicitly. That his innermost, what the following? His innermost feelings were very different of what he was telling people. Okay? But he had to do that. We're going to continue. It was only because they had asked about the matter in the first place that he was obliged to speak the way he did. To say, don't come. And he says here, there is a great deal to be said on this subject. In the footnotes, they tell you to see the Rabbi Nachman's wisdom, that we mentioned earlier. Sikha 214, sorry. So look, Rav Nosen gives a rule now for every Rav. A Rav, which is a halachic guide, a halachic figure, or leader, a manhig, who is consulted about whether one should undertake something which involves self-sacrifice. You hear this? This is what we said earlier. Rav Nosen putting it down in writing. Again, a Rav or leader who is consulted about whether one should undertake something which involves self-sacrifice will inevitably answer in the negative. He has to. Even though his real desire is that the questioner should indeed sacrifice himself and break all the barriers. But he can't tell them to do that. 
This is why someone who really wants to draw closer to Hashem, to Rabbi Nachman, to his advice, and break all the barriers, should avoid asking, don't even talk about it, about the matter at all. Understand this well, period, okay? This is when you feel yeah, that you have to, you're compelled to ask, okay? And now all the more so if you don't, if you, if you don't ask, but you're going through such obstacles, the re- you should know deep down inside, the reason why you are having these obstacles is because you yourself are not 100% there yet. You don't say, don't start telling me, yo, I want to go, but my wife doesn't let me. I want to go, but you know, this and that. Sorry, buddy. If you really wanted to go, you would go. You would, the reason why you're blaming the obstacles on A, B, C, D is because you don't fully want to go. Lesson 66. The cheshek and the nechshak are not matching. To explain, Rabbi Nachman says, there's uh, the item uh, that's the, the, the item of holiness. There's the person doing the item of holiness and the desire needed to perform it. If now the desire to do it is down here and the item, desi- the item that has to be desired is up here, so they send the person obstacles so that he pushes up the desire more and more until it reaches the actual level of the item. And then Rabbi Nachman's wording in lesson 66 the obstacles disappear. When the cheshek is not max matching the nechshak, when the desire is not yet at the level of the nechshak, and it's proper, you're doing something big, so you should appreciate it. You, you don't appreciate it? You take it for granted? Okay, we'll send you obstacles. Let us see now how much do you really want to be there. How much do you really want to do it? That's what will come out now. Oh, I can't really make it. You know why you can't make it? Because inside yourself, you already didn't like it 100%. You're saying to yourself inside, when you're Numan, it's cramped here. The, you have all types of excuses why you're not happy. There's another conversation here of someone who told Rabbi Nachman, I'd like to come. Like, you know, you have some people like that. You have people who like being all together. And you have those people who like their privacy and, you know, their room. Give me my room. I need my room to breathe. And it was a person like that who was, who was in Rabbi Nachman's time. And he told Rabbi Nachman, listen, it's much more easier for me to be by you for Shabbat Shuva, the Shabbat after Rosh Hashanah, before Yom Kippur, then Rosh Hashanah, it's too crowded, I don't have good lodgings, the food is upside down, and the davening is upside down, and that's when the Rebbe said the famous statement, you remember? If you can, someone type it out in Yiddish, Yo Essen, Nit Essen, Yo Davenin, Nit Davenin, Yo Shlofin, Nit Shlofin, whether you, whether you, um, whether you eat, whether you don't eat, whether you sleep or you don't sleep, or whether you daven, and Rav Rosen adds in brackets, with concentration, or you don't daven with concentration, I can't, I can't continue the rest in Yiddish, I'm sorry. Make sure you are by me for Rosh Hashanah. Okay? So now, you have people, they come, and they have, they're very sensitive to their surroundings. They need the five-star hotel. If they don't have that, then they go plutzing. That's why, so you should know, that's probably why, Uman now has become so crazy that you have these five-star hotels and all these things and people paying crazy prices for their comfort because that's what they need to come. But when the push against the shove, are you still going to come? Are you going to say, no, if it's not like that, I won't come. So all these years, people had that, good. Now you have to take a 12-hour bus ride on the bumpy Ukrainian roads 
oh, I have to bring now tons of food until I get there, and I won't have the comfort of taking a shower like as soon as I want to, and this and that. Where are you now? Where are you now? Are you still there? Do you still be, is, is the item there? Ah, you're not there. Okay. So the cheshek is down here, and the nechshak, the item that you want, is up here. You don't want as really as the item. The item standing is really high. You don't have. You can be even higher than the, the required nechshak, but you don't have the required amount of desire for it. So no wonder you're going what you're going through, and then you start blaming this doesn't let me. The obstacles Rabbi Nachman teaches in lesson 66 are here. You don't really want. If you really wanted to, you were able to do it. There's that famous story of Rav Zusha and Rav Elimelech that they were traveling, again, incognito, undercover. And they arrived in the middle of the summer in a village and they were just so tired. They conked on the grass, on the straw, on whatever there was there, along a dirt road. Along the road, while they were conked out, lying down, just taking a break under the shade, on, on, on the grass, along this dirt road, came a goy with a giant wagon loaded with tons and tons of straw bundles and bundles of straw and he was going super duper slow because he had put so many bundles of straw on the wagon that if you go too fast the bundles would fall and that's indeed what happened he just moved a little bit the horses went a little bit too fast and one bundle fell off and the, the goish driver started to curse he stopped the horses, he got down, he's cursing, he put it back on, and then he continued again, and again, after a few meters, again, another bundle fell off, and he got off cursing, and he put it back on. At one point, he went super slow, and the wheel went over like a little pebble, a rock, and tilted slightly the wagon, another bundle fell, right next to where Zushan and Rav Elimelech were. And the Goy said to them, Jew, Jid, Help me, you know, I'm tired of just sick and tired of going down and up to pick up the bundles that fall. Do me a favor, pick up the bundle. They were so exhausted, they said to the guy, you know, I can't, we can't, we're exhausted. They both said that. They said, please just help me, I can't keep on getting down. Do me this favor, put up the bundle. They said, we really want to help you, but we can't. The guy got upset and he said to them, silly Jews, you can, but you don't want to. You don't want to. You can pick up this, the bundle, but you don't want to. And I think it was Rav Zusha, Rav Malach, they said this is the greatest Musar shmuz they had their whole life from a goy. That if you can't do something, it's because you really don't want to do it. Okay? That's the thing here. So the obstacles people are telling us, I, I can't buy a ticket this year because my wife and this and then I can't leave home and the war. It's all bogus. The real obstacles inside of you, you really don't want. That's the whole thing. Okay, if you don't really want, what can you do? <laughs> if you don't want, it's, 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 that's not my fault. You have to more learn about the idea, believe in it, see its importance, work on it, and daven about it at least. That's why it's suggested for those who don't have at least appropriate desire to read special prayers, at least to say the special prayers to initiate some desire inside of you to get to the Tzaddik and Rosh Hashanah. The most famous prayer from Rav Nosen is prayer 76 from the 50th gate. Volume 4 of the BRI edition, right? 50th gate, the, the orange cover. You have their prayer 76. It's short. You can say it every day. It should wake you up at least minimally, at least to get the required cheshek for the nechshak, enough of desire for the desired item to come. To make it to Uman Rosh Hashanah this year and to dance and sing together. We can take some questions if you want. 
or questions or comments. Uh, someone said here, I joined late. Where is that quote from? Please recall which quote. We spoke about so many quotes here, so I don't remember. All right. Uh, Avi, it was you. you. You had a quote here, Avi. Uh, what is the quote here? I don't know. Here we go. I don't know the quote of the three books, Sheikh Safi, of... of uh, of the birth book and the hidden book? Is that the quote you're talking about? The Rabbi Nachman said his Rosh Hashanah is even greater than the hidden book? Yeah, that, that is from Siach Sarfei Kodesh. It's an oral tradition, but it's accepted. Everyone knows this, this Sicha. Siach Sarfei Kodesh, I think it was volume 3, that Rabbi Nachman said that about his Rosh Hashanah. That it is greater even than the hidden book. All right. Uh, thank you everyone for joining and like I said we should be zocha all of us to be Numan Rosh Hashanah and dancing together and breaking the obstacles Bezat Hashem and we should have such an amazing year with Mashiach coming very very soon and the third temple and the ingathering of all the exiles I feel a little bit like Rabbi Rosenfeld as he would finish his classes but Bezat Hashem it's the truth it's the absolute truth here Mashiach the third temple ingathering the exiles Bim Rabbi Amenu Amen Thank you for joining everybody and reach out if you have any questions or comments on WhatsApp. Uh, you have the number 732-800-1863 or by email breastoftherapy, B-R-E-S-L-O-V, therapy at gmail.com. Thank you, Shkoyach, and I hope this class really helped. It will be posted uh, online, audio and video very soon. Kol Tuv, Shalom, Shalom. Recording stopped.